Hello, friends. We have a super exciting podcast today. We're going to tackle all of the most controversial issues. We're going to be talking about the 2016 presidential election, um, gun control, abortion, gay rights, transgender rights, black rights, white rights, Mexican rights. And rice, uh, <laughs> just rice now. Long, gr- long grain rice. <laughs> we we might get to that, but first we're gonna get to know our guest a little bit better. Today we have with us Bo Hannum, who is a custom guitar and ukulele and even other instruments sometimes yeah. builder in Colorado right now. Yeah, hello. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, Colorado. This is Colorado. Yeah. Ooh. Exciting! I'm sorry, I always get excited about Colorado now. I don't know why. <laughs> Have you been there before? No. It's yeah. th- it's the legal weed. Oh, is that, 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 that yeah. There's dispensaries so. everywhere. Is that why yeah. you um, hardly send us instruments? <laughs> hard to get things done. <laughs> no. I'll do it in eight months, man. <laughs> no, I I don't smoke. Um, I'm not a drug user, but uh, I would be in the state for that if I was. But where I live in Grand Junction, um, <laughs> we don't have... I thought you were going to say I would uh, in Hawaii <laughs> if you guys have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I am on vacation. <laughs> you should have sound effects of like, you know... A bong. A bong <laughs> I meant to ask you before what if I can swear or what not to say. Um, totally forgot that. Yeah, sure, whatever. It I says mean, clean play. lyrics on, on iTunes, but it's going to take someone to actually um, complain. Oh, is that how it goes? They don't actually monitor it? I mean, it, there might be mo- some the monitoring of... is done by the people who actually listen to it. <laughs> so if, if you're out there and uh, it offends you, please send us an email first nah, rather e- than yeah. complaining e- to e- iTunes. What? Feel free. Um, I can I can bleep if it's, uh, yeah, you we know. Can, we can uh, really. We'll just use an ukulele tone, maybe an on uh, not intonated tone or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, uh, For every dis- swear dissonant word. Dissonant harmony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't get that whole thing. I mean, a word being offensive in and of itself, you know? Thoughts can be offensive or ideas. Actions. Intentions. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we kind of keep it clean because, uh, you know, society tells us to. That's fine. <laughs> so, Bo, um, let's let's get to know you a little bit better. Tell us about your journey in life starting with the day you were born <laughs> i was born totally naked <laughs> whoa <laughs> first time I i'll bleep that, that out <laughs> <laughs> no we'll intonate it out <laughs> um so i finished uni i'll skip ahead 20 something years i finished uni where i studied well i did fine arts first majoring in painting what is that university yeah sorry <laughs> australian's either O on the end or just shorten it to the first three or four letters. Oh, that's um, what the kids are doing nowadays. They yeah. got it from Australia. <laughs> All of Australia is cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, our customers from Australia are my, some of my favorite. Oh, really? I really thought you cool guys. they were all crazy or something. No. 
they're so nice they're so funny they send like dirty email or you know like dirty <laughs> jokes and emails and stuff oh marshall, marshall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know we just met but he's a filthy picture he's amazing he comes over here with a <laughs> box of tim downs oh, my sister brought over uh uh haven't counted them i think nine packets of different tim tams ones i've never heard of yeah strawberry champagne I've, I've, man i've only had the classic Classic's the best because it's classic. Yeah. <laughs> I should start a line of ukes called Classic. Classic Hannum. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Just what is it? Would that be uh, similar <laughs> to your player's model? Yeah. But more classic. But more, <laughs> more classic. <laughs> yeah. Classic. So I, I started, uh, I went to art school and did painting and etching and drawing. And then I went to, um, uh, another uni and did philosophy and theology for three years or four years so i've got some strange um degrees which don't lead to money or making money but then but lead to a uh well-rounded person that has a good idea of a, interesting subjects those are all really cool things a fulfilled headspace that's a great sound, sound yeah we should have two coconuts so you get to the horse kind of galloping sound. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get videos on these podcasts. Do you watch um, Kevin Smith's video or podcasts? The sort of video cast. I don't know what you call them, but they're no. pretty funny. He just sits there, but he's just funny to watch and listen to. Is he the guy that was in Clerks and yep. different Oh, that's cool. He's funny. He does reviews of you know Avengers and the comic book movies. I like watching them actually there's something that i can put on and then work to just right 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 listen to him yep. kind of getting angry at you know some scene from batman <laughs> <laughs> what other podcasts do you listen to um i tried to listen to a few philosophy ones but it's just too difficult it's just you just gotta think and you can't do that and concentrate on Mm. just doesn't work when you studied philosophy is it like all the different parts of the world's different views of of that subject or is it uh um, kind of based upon one yeah it was teaching or something kind of bit of everything um we did political rhetoric and <coughs> um you know plato and aristotle um boethius we didn't do much, or I didn't elect to do any, or many of the sort of modern guys. So what would difficult. what would one uh, studying in philosophy actually go out to? to act, I mean, if you were to use that exactly, as, yeah, that teaching philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you you get a job sanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At a guitar maker's. Yeah. <laughs> because so, uh, you can ease your mind with what you're doing th by that time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like I took the philosophy. I know why I'm doing this. Yeah, once you <laughs> finish the degree, you kind of realize like I don't, I, I don't, I can't do anything with this. Actually, I was working in a bookstore at the same time, so I kind of paid for the whole uni thing as I was working in the bookstore. Um, that was that turned out to be a pretty handy job. So I still have a love of books, and much to my my wife's dismay. Why? Oh, just because the time it takes? Um, just the money that one can spend on books. There's uh -huh. always books that you want and don't have. You know, it's 
it's kind of like a collector of instruments you don't really have the money to 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 purchase what you want but you really want it <laughs> right, right, right. well you're like an artist we, and philosopher money is not really you know, yeah they don't really that's exist you, man <laughs> that's a um you know good way to think when you're a luthier mm. money's never been much of an issue i've always lived on a shoestring so it's uh that's a, a good way to be when you're a luthier it seems as long as you're getting by yeah i managed to you know Cross don't want to spoil the kids. Cross the ocean. <laughs> Managed to cross the ocean, you know, on a Luthie's wage and resettle here after I got married. Did you Did you want to move um, for anything in specific? Um, just Lori. Yeah. My wife. Oh, she, she's from here. <laughs> yeah, or, or she's, the US. she's Texan and then she moved to Colorado, Grand oh, Junction. And so we reconnected after 20-something years, 22 years, and then... Uh, oh, so how did you first meet? Uh, my childhood girlfriend, Rachel, used to live next door to Lori in Texas. <laughs> Scandalous. And, yeah. <laughs> this is like, you know, when we were 10 or something. <laughs> and then... You Ra- had a girlfriend when you were 10? Yeah, apparently. Oh, my <laughs> stud. You, you four. Whatever. Holding hands, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, the, the hard stuff. Um, it's like when you hand them the note will you go out with me with the two check boxes you you hand (laughs) or you tell your friend yeah you tell your friend you never do it yourself can you go and ask that girl if she'll go out with me and then you don't talk to the girl until she dumps you you know (laughs) two weeks later that's how it was (laughs) I went to a Rudolf Steiner school um, called Laurie Navalis and I don't don't know how it was with other schools but that's how we kicked around there (laughs) So, you know, it was the 80s, so, you know. (laughs) Yeah, nowadays, you know, they get down and dirty at nine. No, I don't know. I don't know what they do. Yeah, I don't know. I hope not. (laughs) Well, Laurie's got two kids, um, and they're 11 and 12, and they're, you know, it's it's painful having, you know, two good-looking stepdaughters. You don't just know what... That sounds weird. The the, the no. defensive skills is oh, like huge. Anything yeah. is just like a everything is a predator now. Yeah, <laughs> walk around with a baseball bat and just. But they're so young. That's like a couple of years away from that. But that's worry, the thing. Right? It's like in that, you know what's you're making happen, and it's yeah, not making me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> How old is I, I don't have to worry about that for a while. Nah, she's she nine. Young. Yeah. Yeah, she's nine, but she's I don't. I mean, that's the last thing on her mind. Yeah, but there are a, a ton of boys in the neighborhood, and they all come to our house. We, mm. We're like the house with the pool, so it's like uh, they yeah. they're over like every day. I have to tell her she's not here. Yeah, <laughs> tell them no dating till after you're married. <laughs> they're not. They're not even thinking like that. It's not even. <laughs> Shut up. Um. <laughs> Shut. Up. You sound Australian, man. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> So listening um, to Jim Jeffries too much. Oh man, <laughs> his commentary on guns is just hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. His late, he has a no fun. one. No one looks up padlock monthly. <laughs> Not going did, to did security you watch, conventions. Did you watch his last one, Free Dumb? Oh yeah, I love I love Jim Jeffries. <laughs> no, it just came out recently. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, he's my yeah. favorite. Yeah, he's, he's his amazing. Trump bit is pretty like. Oh. 
everything, man. He just, you know. You're a big Trump supporter, right? Um, no, no. I'm just joking. I wasn't going to talk about any of that stuff. <laughs> You're not no. heading the rally over there in Colorado? No. no. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I'm backing off political posts on Facebook. Yeah, me Facebook's too. Facebook's like my main I mean, I never marketing really thing, but I realize... It's it all just too heavy. And yeah. <laughs> all these things we can't do anything about anyway. We're just going to be like, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Just end up alienating people. Yeah, that's the conclusion I came to. Sort of, I'm distancing probably half the world with every post that I do. So, especially my. But the big eyes, facial, you got to keep those coming. Big eye, yeah, and pork chop. Actually, I was kind of disappointed when I met you the other day at the <laughs> Glilly Festival. I was like, his <laughs> eyes are much smaller than I thought. <laughs> Oh, sure. oh you don't. He's, you don't even look at Facebook. Huh? Uh, not he, he does a lot of pictures or, with like. Um, he makes his eyes bulge out of his face. Oh, Sometimes cool. he licks the instrument or close to it. <laughs> goofy stuff like that. Yeah, I try and. You're actually a really mellow dude. From what? Yeah, you know, I don't know. At persona Mem- at the Memphis Guitar Show, people were sure. said that they were surprised that I was not as zany as I perhaps come across on Facebook. Right, right. I, I don't know. I just... Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, whatever. It's, I love learning. It's having fun on... Yeah, yeah. I love learning when when other luthiers post a how-to video or picture or something or just a... You yeah, know, you've done a ton of that stuff. Um, anything that you can learn from, I, I really enjoy that. And that's how I got started at Jalet Guitars. And I sort of wanted to keep that going with Facebook. But then I, you know... What do you mean that's how you got started with Jalay Guitars? Um, well, I went to the Jalay Guitars school. This is after getting out of the second university? Yeah, yeah. Um, we kind of cut you off in the, in the middle of that story. So you graduated, you're like, uh, <laughs> okay, I've got these degrees, but nothing yeah, really no, to do with on. them. Then I found... Uh, Campiano's book on guitar making right, and yeah. I went that's really good I hadn't thought of that I didn't realize people that was like Noah's that. Bible too back in the day yeah I read it cover to cover I didn't have any skills or any wow amazing I didn't know what I was really reading about but I just wanted I knew that I wanted to do that because I've been playing guitar since I was kind of 10 or something um, and uh, acoustic guitar yeah yeah, Duncan, my teacher at the Rudolf Steiner School, taught me early on finger picking. And uh, what did you play growing up? Uh, I I was kind of like a end of the bed picker, so I wasn't really sure what I was playing. But or it what turned kind out, of guitar, sorry. oh, uh, it was like some no name. No, it just classical guitar. But it gave you the joy that yeah. it, that it needed to do. Yeah, right? and that's yeah. Kind of, that's kind of. What I love the the first story guitars when they're always just like it was just in the closet. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where I got it from, where it came from. It just sort of was there. Then a mate of mine got into guitar playing, and then he kind of re-inspired me to pick it up again. And uh, yeah, so I found the book how to make guitars, and I went okay. I'm going to do that, and booked in to Jalay Guitars to make a guitar. So I ended up making three over, I don't know, three or four years, something like that. Triple O, Resonator, and a double O, I think it was. And then I started to hang around there, basically. What do you, you mean, just by yourself? 
No, they. It was like Roberto Venn kind of thing. Oh, okay. In, okay. You know, the American standard, I suppose. Uh, but it wasn't as structured, like with you know, st- you know, formal classes that Roberto Venn has, and you know, whiteboards and people like that. It's just, you know, you came in on a whatever day and you started from scratch you know you'd had billets of wood and you sanded them and then bent them and it was like a master class but it's like roberta van in the sense that you pay x amount and you walk away with a guitar yeah yeah so you you start with big chunks of wood and you do everything including the finishing um and set up and so you really get a good handle on how a guitar is made and gerard was there and he's been doing it for almost 40 years now, I think. And uh, and uh, he, there was nothing that he wouldn't teach you. You know, there was no secrets there. And that's how I try and, you know, carry on. That's how you liken it to what you're doing now with, like, sharing your techniques and methods yeah. through videos and yeah. all that. Yeah. yeah, there's not much that I don't really tell people. Are you still kind of playing with your designs, or are you pretty much set now? Um, my Selmas, I tend to do a double X, but I just, because the lower bout's about ten and a half inches, I just decided to do it that way the first time, and I've just done it every other time since then, which hasn't been much, but... The um, one that we got sounded really good. Yeah, that was double X, but, you know, with a double X, which is really another way of saying a very wide lattice which is what, um, what's the Lewis fellow's name? Yeah, the L- LFDM. LFDM the L- Mesquite. Fuerte Mesquita, I don't know. Yeah, I always forget the, the sequence of letters, but he does the lattice, but he does much more. He's like... I think it's four and four, yeah. Four and four, is it? Yeah. Um, it yeah. might be five if you... Yeah, maybe just some real small ones off the edges. Yeah. Looks like a net's been thrown out. Yeah. And he just catches that. Yeah, I think his top's lighter or thinner than what I do. Um, But he's got, you know, more bracing so he can achieve that. But, uh, yeah, the the double X and the lattice is good if you can... If you know how to deal with it. I suppose... I don't know. (laughs) I'm not into cars, but I tend to try and use them use analogies of cars a lot because a lot of people seem to like cars but like if you have a really powerful big car you've got to drive lighter so if you have a really light top you've got to have a bit more yeah a bit more guts in the braces but um i don't know i think it all evens out i'm not certain that they sound better than a three fan just Mm -hmm. tapered from a quarter inch high or less down to nothing or which is what my tenors are in concerts. I don't do sopranos anymore. I got sick of looking at the little guys. <laughs> they just annoying. yeah. It's like pretty much the same amount of work, yeah, for less money, and some of the processes are even more cumbersome. Yeah, yeah. I think sopranos—they're kind of—they're a bit like I don't know. They remind me of classical instruments like a violin or a cello. Um, you kind of perhaps better to go to a guy or girl who just makes sopranos. They seem to be like a one of those instruments. That's how I feel about them anyway. Maybe it's just because I stopped doing them. <laughs> but I yeah, I used to refer people who inquired about sopranos. Like just 
to like one of Tim's, Ken Tim's or, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How many guitars did you build before uh, maybe the first ukulele that, that you got into? Oh, that's, well, July guitars. Yeah, I want to know how you went from being a student to working oh, yeah. with him. Yeah, that, that kind of all leads into itself. Um, so I finished the three guitars and then I started volunteering, just you know, sweeping floors and hanging around. Over the period of three, four years making those three, you form a friendship with all the guys there. And um, so it wasn't like a weird stranger was just sweeping floors. But then I started, Gerard started giving me um, jobs to do and he'd pay me in wood and then uh, and then some money and then some repair work, you know, strap buttons and little bits, file or make a nut or a bridge or something and then you're just slowly pecking away at it like a woodpecker and you suddenly you're a woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> Not pretending to be a woodpecker. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I, another guy, Juna, left and then I sort of woodpecking my way into his position as one of the four guys or one of the three guys and then Gerard was the, the master doing a certain process or uh, 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 no we, we all fell into certain patterns but we all could do like make a guitar from scratch and so other students would come in and then they would ask can I make this like an electric or a lap steel or um we didn't have any like violin or cello requests, but you know guitars and uh, some uke guys came in and they wanted to make a uke and we're like, yeah, let's do that. And so we just started doing it. So as to the number of guitars, we used to make thirty, about thirty-five a year, Gillet guitars, and then student guitars was kind of just a lot I don't know we had sometimes we had two students sometimes we had sort of seven or eight students and they're all working on stuff so I think over all my time there are probably like two 250 guitars not all from start to finish but you know had my hand in the hole of a lot of them right and and then was the the first one something of a uh, interest to you like what what's I mean did you play ukulele or hear you know try it out before you I I um, there's a, a festival called the Katoomba Folk Festival. Uh. I think it's called that, but it's up in Katoomba, Blue Mountains. And I think it was there that I first heard Bob Brosman, and he played, you know, all that that sort of Islander music. And that was probably the first time I saw, like, you know, in general, was Islander. Was he just doing a lap steel, or he had his national youth too? He had. He had. Uh, at all basically he kind of had the the tricone and the oh right, the no, right. yeah right. and then he had the little line, yeah. kind of some little toy things which he made sound amazing too and uh i remember one i don't know what it was but the headstock with all the strings was kind of longer than the body which was huh. kind of hilarious after five beers just look tahitian like that <laughs> like wow Wait, yeah. the headstock was longer than the body? Yeah. Of yeah. the instrument? Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> just, I don't know what it was. It was just, just to weird, blow your mind. It's probably like, yeah, probably 12 or your, maybe. Your head bigger than your torso? Like, well, I mean, that would be pretty weird. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah, so that's how I got into Hawaiian music. 
then he's got a Bob Brosman had a well still has got an album with Lead Lead mm-hmm. yeah insert that last name I can't pronounce um, and uh, so I've been listening to Hawaiian music and uh, but I'm more interested in Bert Janch and John Remborn that kind of English folk finger picking kind of stuff but um oh and and open tunings celtic melodies that kind of stuff this was like late 1990s and uh yeah it all sort of weaved into itself and then some students came in and wanting wanted to make uh some ukes and that's so how it we kind of piqued jo- an interest interest in uh, some ways yeah so i didn't start making until the students sort of got me interested in it Right. And then I realized, you know, after you've been making for, um, you know, guitars for eight years, you know, it's it's really interesting to, so what to was make the, other instruments. What was some of the uh, first ukuleles you got your hands on, brand-wise? Brand yeah. um, at the Guitar Center in Gladesville in Sydney. Um, not great ones. I think the first one that I made was the best one that I'd played, <laughs> which sounds like a T-shirt or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that the the first one I made, well, the first one I helped make with a student, um, it was really good. It was an all blackwood. The fingerboard was Tassie blackwood, and yeah, it looked great and sounded great. And I was like, this is good. So I got interested in that, and then getting into ukes made me get into, and with an emphasis on the word made, as in it was necessary for me to look at classical guitars because classical guitar tops and uke tops are you know pretty similar in thickness and um the bracing patterns are very similar do you build more uh ukuleles than guitars now yeah i basically build what i'm what i'm asked to build but at the moment it's probably 85 percent ukes and and um, the rest wow 85 percent all ukes now yeah yeah just you know i've got some orders for i've got a harp uh, what is it i think it's a baritone harp uke seven harp strings that's going to be interesting um kind of like the one uh a baritone version of the one that pete uh, designed yeah yeah for the tenor size yeah i think i got the plan we got a couple of those the harp yeah, he did that yeah, design and then a new cool. Yeah. They're good? Yeah. Uh, I've never yeah, played yeah, one. Sure. I mean, it, you know, it's fun. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where, you, I mean, you're going to, it's cool only as, as much as time you put into that instrument because it's, it's not something you're just going to open up a book and be like, here's how you, you know, like use the, <laughs> both. You know what I mean? You got to mm-hmm. figure it out for yourself as, as far as how to really make it sing. I mean, it's. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's a different talent involved. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've but seen a few YouTube videos of some guy. I think he's like Norwegian or Scandinavian or something, and he's playing on sounds, a harp guitar, though, good. right? Or yeah, yeah, a harp harp you. Oh, on a, on the harp you. Yeah. yeah, he's sitting by a waterfall. It looks very pretty. Oh, but yeah, it sounds sounds good. But you, you know, as long as you can get those harp strings, sort of, you're thumping. kind of locked into that certain keys that you can work off of from the bass tones right mm. well the the customer wants um string levers put on so there'll uh, actually be 14 notes that, so you, you that, can like drop it or yeah ha, i think it's a semitone a oh is it yeah. a half step the dragon whisper um mm. string levers 
and he's a, I had uh, a bass with a piano player. So he wants to play piano music on it. I think. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I can't wait to do. It. I'm gonna have to make a custom case for it too. So. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I want to just make a big big rectangle. I might buy just a, you know, a traveling suitcase. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I'm looking, really looking forward to that. Yeah. Are you building all by yourself as far as, uh, yeah, just, just just all you little old me. Yeah. I know for a little while you had Adam do some of the ukes when you first at least moved over to the States, but then you, yeah, you got a booth and you got going with it. Um, yeah, when I first, <laughs> what do you <laughs> open the window and spray your neighbors? No, <laughs> yeah, I went, I don't know, someone from the local council might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, yeah, when I first moved over to, to Colorado, I sent over like boxes and boxes of wood and tools and stuff. And I didn't have a spray booth. I didn't have a buffer and I didn't have a gun. So I got Adam Stark in, um, Santa Cruz to do all my stuff. I heard that some other top, well, all the top guitar play- makers and a few, you, like Eric Devine gets his stuff done there. And uh, Adam Stark does a really good job. But I, I'd just been spraying myself for ages and I wanted to kind of save money. Yeah, so there's like, some things like, I mean, just <clears throat> not being able to like touch up after if you need to mm. and stuff. I mean, I guess you can get away with um, not having a full on booth and and do some touch-ups but sometimes you need to reshoot something yeah. being kind of crippled by not having that ability i think would be hard yeah yeah well, i mean when you get well <laughs> i don't recommend anyone well maybe i do but i don't really recommend falling in love with a person from another country and then trying to immigrate there it's just horrible <laughs> Horrible, expensive process. Hey man, you can't stop love. <laughs> you can't stop love. Um, so, like a seven hundred most you. important message of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, love. Um, um, so you should do the whole thing with that voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I began making the cello guitar at midnight. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> a bottle of wine and candles. <laughs> oh, the imagery. <laughs> I consummated the neck. Consummated. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, I totally forget what I was saying. But, uh, oh, yeah. You, um, it's you, hard to buy. Well, it's hard to find the money to fork out for a $750 buffer from Stumac when you just. You, you want to keep it that way, though, as far as uh, you, you being the guy the whole pro- the whole way? Is that kind of. Yeah, I do. I'd, I'd like. Well, I'd like to make and then just send out stuff to get sprayed because um i've been doing it for 13 years and i've done it enough right but it needs Uh, to be to where yeah yeah okay the the trouble is with sending it out to someone he he tried somebody else that was a little quicker than adam and it yeah joe white he does poly and he does where's he like in washington or something um not sure um yeah, I've I've never but, actually but done you, poly. you know you finally get set up and you're doing your own or not finally but you know you get set up again you're doing your own spraying and, and now you're saying hey, that's <laughs> it's not really like uh, what you want to be doing for the rest of your life <laughs> what you don't want to sp- spray nitro for the rest of your life it's it, awesome it was so nice getting a an instrument back from Adam and it was just done and you just opened the case and you know it was just yeah. there I didn't have to wait. 
a month and go through breathing all the toxins and stuff. No, you had to wait um, five months. So remember, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the 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 waiting issues um, a bit tricky with Adam because he's so sought after and he's you know all the top end makers send their stuff to him, so he's just backed up and um, you know you you it's it's worth the wait if you can wait. Well, not all the top end <laughs> makers. I mean, most guys are still doing it in house. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean. All the sub- quite a quite a few were at least enough to keep him really busy. Yeah, yeah. Right. All the all the Samoji apprentices send their mm. stuff to him. Um, basically, anyone who's got an, enough money to pay the kind of money to send it there and send it back and get it done. You know, it, it's more cost effective to send it out if you can pay for it. <laughs> Because you, you can spend that time making other stuff, which you can it's then more, sell. It's more cost-effective if you're charging ten thousand dollars for your guitars. Yeah, yeah. So, but when you're charging, you know, when I first got to America, I was charging two grand a uke, I think. Oh, hello. That's the IRS. <laughs> yeah, if you can afford to send an instrument out to get finished then it's cost effective to do that because you can spend the time that you would be spraying and buffing and sanding and cutting back and skipping on the beach with your wife yeah um if you spend that time making then oh, right, you know yeah. you could probably make at least one or two instruments more mm-hmm. if you don't have to spray and buff yeah, all that but it's time consuming mm, i do it all by hand um the buffing not buffing um like the cutting back but was, of course you do. I was looking at your... your <laughs> it's m- not like you got the tailor. Oh, what do you mean, though? No, your Merker uh, sander downstairs. Oh, that's, okay. That's okay. a nice machine. I actually want to get one. Yeah. I think Chuck Mortis got a Fez tool, which is kind of a similar thing. Um, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Back when I was doing it with Cola, we just had a DynaBraid. And, you know, as long as you have a, mm. a good one that hooks up to a compressor, you don't get all those swirls that you're going to get in, like, a, yeah. a, a cheaper orbital. Yeah. How many ukuleles are you finishing? Uh, I guess uh, uh, a I've, month. Or, or? Oh, I I'm slow. It depends how detailed I've kind of my orders are. But is that how you want to keep? Um, as far as I mean, if you if you're answering that many emails already, you must be like swamped with people trying to trying to get in an order. Um, no, I'm, that's all the books he was at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm backed up about two years, but oh. I, I want to get that down, and it's. Because I only can manage to knock out about 10 or 12 a year just because all the stuff that I've done in America has been really fine, tricky, heaps of mitering and um, the rosettes I'm doing now are the kind of mosaic-y little bits that um, they look great but they, you know, takes a long more time to do than just a yeah, and it's getting to be like a signature look of yours so it's like you gotta keep doing yeah. that stuff <laughs> all of these fancy you know angled miter joints at your end craft and all this kind of stuff yeah i'm i've done it so much in the past three years like super kind of tricky little things that i'm i'm getting back or wanting to get back to a more um simplistic elegant look uh, I, I, I like mean, the it look looks of, good. It just takes a lot of time, and the thing mm. is, like, the more time, the more it's going to cost. And then, but like mm. for our customers, I think for the most part, 
they're they're like real players i mean they're going to be attracted to your instruments in search of that ultimate tone mm. primarily like tenor you know yeah but, but you're only building what they're asking as far as i mean you don't have something that uh maybe like you really want to i want this top i want this for for yourself as far as getting that instrument but most cus actually all customers want their the back and sides and the top that they choose um although i've been lately i've been saying i came to the conclusion that back and sides and ukes don't really matter in regard to tone Ooh. anywhere near as much as uh tops ouch, ouch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so so that so that's saying um we'll, we'll take spruce as a top but if you're saying if it's ebony koa rosewood like back and sides it doesn't hinder it too much as not, far as not as much as like people a per- think a percentage yeah yeah if you were like, to put it a percentage what would you say? I, I would 20, i reckon like 30. no Less than this five or ten. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just have an unsophisticated mm-hmm. ear, but well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not listening to those, you know, intense hues in the background. Yeah, maybe. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say, you know, I, I probably ninety percent from the top. You know, yeah, I mean, that sounds reasonable. I, I think it's far, far less than what has been attributed in the past, and I kind of get sick of. But you think it's drastically different than guitar? Um, I think. It's the same with guitar, but just because of just because of the the I don't know, just looking around here. I mean, yeah, I could pick up that ebony and then uh, a spruce rose, and I would feel I would feel like it would be a a, no. It is okay. Like for instance, like with the Macassar ebony back inside, say cedar top Pono. To me, it has a distinctly different sound than mahogany. But if you listen to say mahogany. A cedar versus acacia cedar. I'm not going to hear really much of any difference at all. So it it depends. Mm -hmm. I mean, with a lot of these woods, they're all going to be in this like, you know, 40 pounds per foot kind of range that it's like Mm going to be almost indistinguishable. But then you get up to some of like the ebony's at like 90 or so. And I mean, I hear even a difference between the rosewood and the ebony in terms of, um, both sustain and um, clarity and thing, you know, things like that. But um, with with a lot of them, you know, you could say is less than two percent difference. But then you get up to those, and it's like maybe twenty or thirty percent. I, yeah, I don't know if how much the, how you would really calculate these. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just getting kind of abstract. Our ear, it, we're defining by every individual's ears. Yeah, you just know. by difference to me, it's like the, I think the the woods on there each end of the spectrum kind of do sound different but like the you know the ebony's the small poor uh woods i would yeah. like ebony um they reflect better and a lot of people are doing using that wood as a, s- a secondary side laminate which mm. might or may or may not uh add to the reflective properties of the of everything pono and kolau end up uh treating it for twice as long too though because with such a dense wood you're more likely to um have cracking or issues like that later on you yeah treating you mean drying yeah drying yeah Yeah, ebony is um pretty problematic the only guitar i've ever thrown away and it was at the stage it was like sides with a back glued to the sides and that was the only guitar i've ever 
totally thrown away because of the because of the ebony yeah it was actually indian ebony uh i think it, we bought it as macassar ebony and it may have been macassar ebony but we got it from india um but it just cracked and you know you're talking to a student and you've got your own guitar sitting on the bench and you just hear this crack which is audible for you know 30 feet this is australia yeah yeah, is, this is, is is the weather dry at all, or is it? You mean it was like in the in the mold or something? And uh, yeah, oh, and my. and I forget if it was the side or the back cracked, and it was just, you know, yeah. I think I posted it on Facebook, and people were like, oh, "I can fix that," and I'm like, well, "So can I?" But you know, that's not the point. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> we're this building is going to happen again it? and again. <laughs> so I ended up using it as a experiment, and I got some, um, you know, like the free the aerosol freeze stuff for electronics Mm -hmm. yeah and i i set the guitar out in the sun and then i got the freeze spray on it and the whole thing just cracked it was uh it's pretty fun actually yeah just kind of (laughs) like yeah yeah yeah. just like ah just set it on fire yeah (laughs) going to a million pieces right now (laughs) yeah i I didn't even want to use it for head plates it was just so unstable but the yeah, the Macassar ebony is much more stable than like African ebony. But I mean, it, de- it depends. Um, but yeah, shrinkage wise, I'm well, talking about right, right, oh, and, and how quarters on it's cut. And yeah, yeah, how it's dried and all that. Yeah, I try and use African black wood um, as much as I can. I mm. like that as a black wood, mm. you know, instead of um, black. I mean, um, in color, I prefer Straight. that than. Uh, than ebony's just mm-hmm. because of, I prefer rosewoods and African blackwoods are rosewoods. So. What other woods are you liking these days? Um, I use I use all tops. Actually, the next you're getting's got a cedar top, Brazilian rosewood. That's going to be good. Nice. Um, yeah, you you show me pictures. It looks stunning. Yeah, it's a cutaway because I broke the side. Oh, you're not it, supposed to tell people that. Ah, okay. <laughs> no, it's like. If I break a side, someone gets a free cutaway. So, oh, yeah. Cha-ching. <laughs> usually, cutaway. usually an upcharge. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, usually, but not with me. <laughs> <laughs> My failure is your something. Um, it broke. <laughs> it broke just at the upper bout area, which was perfect. So I just sort of flipped the. Did the you do a Venetian or Florentine? Um, the pointy one. Florentine. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um. Yeah, so Brazilian rosewood, any rosewoods really, I I really enjoy working with. I've brought about, I think, 50 sets of Tassie Blackwood over from Australia. Um, got a bit of koa. I'm just about to start making a guitar from the tree mahogany. Oh, you got some of that? Yeah. The tree. Oh, isn't that the what some tree. of the, the next hive coming is the tree? Oh, I don't know. I don't think he's sending one of the that's the flame mahogany, but i did right? see some pictures from yeah. stuff that he got no that's for a customer yeah oh, cool. that's for i eddie. think that's for eddie yeah lucky fella money <laughs> eddie money he's in the money that guy actually you know eddie uh, he, he, just, he, he helped me with my um i just can't say money. Money. Well, i just can't say monier monier is it monier is it simple yeah. as that is it what's the correct way you know like Say a Hawaiian street name, you could say. What did he do? He helped you with your website or something? My um, order form. I had a sort of a very simple order form, but he sort of, I swapped him like some free upcharge. Well, not free. He, We swapped um, an order form 
for you know a nice rosette and sort of engrafts. Oh, you're making like him one right now? Yeah. Oh, not no. He's in the next batch. Okay. Okay. So I, th- I forget he's changed his mind a couple of times. I think he's getting a 19 inch scale tenor. Have I you been doing those too? I'm about to, Freddie. And I was talking to Chemo actually at the um, at the Uke Festival, and he was saying he really likes that. And I played one of um, Kerry Char's Ukes, which is what Chemo is playing at the moment. It sounded really good. Who was it that was just telling me they were gonna? Oh, um, David. Might do. No, um, Ono Ukulele, David Ingalls. He's making me one right now at 18-inch scale oh. to just kind of be like... Is that as good as 19-inch? Oh, well. It's a half know. an inch difference. Well, no, it's it's a full inch difference. <laughs> <laughs> you said 17 and a half. Oh, no, 18. <laughs> yeah, try to cover. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, I mean, it's it's in between, but... Um, I oh, mean, like... I think that's your life. People, oh. people went to the... Well, you know... Kamaka's baritone was 19 inch, so they already had the template for 19 inch when they started putting the tenor body on their 19 inch. Uh, and then I think some other builders um, caught on to that. I mean, for a while, Kamaka was just making those 19 inch uh, scale tenors for family and friends. You know, mm-hmm. it was like a. Okay. It, 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 it kind of just happened, you know? And then maybe three or four years back, they, they you know, opened it up to the public or you know made it a model mm. the long neck tenor and then from there i mean there, there might have been other guys doing it but from there um i saw other people pick up on it and and start going with it and uh, you know along with um chemo he was uh getting different builders on the mainland to do that and stuff like that mm. but um yeah I'll it seems natural to me to go <laughs> Okay, Zach just hung up a guitar very gracefully. Seconds model. <laughs> well, you guys is... sound so quiet, like you're whispering to each other. Oh, really? Without the hear- earphones on. Uh. Oh, I have it there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking forward but, to but, building But, I mean, don't you think, different? like, it's like, well, it's it's the same with all long necks. Like, you know, the soprano long neck is the concert scale because, you know, they've already got the neck and mm-hmm. template and everything for it and then concert long neck is a is a tenor scale your tenor neck you know it's just naturally but if you know i i look in the future for people kind of hitting it more in between more often mm-hmm. for instance you know doing an 18 inch or 17 and a half or, or yeah maybe just get, playing ex- around in, be, in like between not even know. not even a half maybe maybe a quarter just, it, i mean all the way you know, it's so just that there's, there's um there's more templates readily available mm-hmm. at certain sizes my selma kind of went the other way it was a basically a um well i bought the the selma plans and then shrunk the body down to where it was about 12 and a bit inches long and the lower bout ended up being a baritone width and then i stuck a tenor neck onto it 17 inch scale and that that sounded really good yeah the, um you mean like the one that you sent was like that right yeah. yeah yeah and i think that instrument would benefit from a longer scale um i deliver it in a baritone case so um it's you got the, room to yeah I might go as well. the neck. it's all that empty case space <laughs> i feel like well, after you work it out for this 
tenor that you're going to make at that scale. And you yeah. Can. I always feel the customers uh, open those cases and go, there's a lot of empty space up on the top. Yeah. Just, just I mean, me it's the same neck. with the Connie Lea Super <laughs> Tenor model. It's a 17-inch. Well, they make a 19, too. But um, they make a 17-inch scale with, like, a baritone width lower bout. Mm-hmm. And uh, the headstock just barely makes it in, you know, past the, Over the pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it actually, it's a little goofy. It actually hits the hairs of the, the case. It just, like, yeah. you know, just pets it down <laughs> every time. You know. well, we actually yeah. cut, cut some of the hair off of the case so it looks a little more. <laughs> you know, we recently um, kind of took over Oahu Case Company, and so... We might try to tackle some of these things if they're if there's enough people making them mm. to make it worth it. So, do you have have you got a delivery of those ABS cases yet? No, but uh, uh, I'd love to get some. Be within the month. Uh, okay, I'll be ordering. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can show you um, mm. before you leave too, so you can see firsthand. I think. Oh, actually, I might have taken uh, some of them home. Uh, I like, I've used the Elo, uh, Aloha, the um, these cases here. The Oahu cool. cases, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're nice. It's a different manufacturer for those um, new ones that I'm getting, but we are having the um, the regular wood case like that made right now too. Mm. Also a different manufacturer, just gonna be a little bit different. Do you get them in tweed as well? Uh, we have some tweed ones coming. We also have some um, Oliver tweed ones coming. Oh, the tweed. Yeah, it's What's like a, that? Oh, it's more of an olive-colored tweed. You know, oh, you've okay. seen it before. It's, it's kind of like yeah. a. I don't I was like, call who's it Oliver? Green. <laughs> it's like, uh, but yeah, it, I, I've wanted for a long time a, a tweed ute case with an arched top. Yeah, and we have that coming. That's what I haven't been able to find, but I'm glad you're doing them. Like, yeah, hopefully, you know. <laughs> this is like I'm. I'm hoping all the specs are you know gonna be the same as the samples we were getting and stuff. Mm. Sometimes when something's done wrong, it's done wrong like hundreds of times in a row. And yeah. <laughs> like, oh. yeah, case manufacturing I've heard is a bit of a nightmare. It's amazing. I can't believe how it changes. Like, like sometimes like from shipment to shipment. I mean, just from past experience. We but. need artists in the case making world, like mono. You know, for that's more of the geek bags. But they need people that kind of like dedicated to making cases i think because it's all only by something that's mass produced actually callings uh, his mm-hmm. uh, bill callings whole last project was what's on the, designing what's their case and Hoff, he's an Hoffie? artist Hoffie. hoffman yeah on no, the Hoffie case oh Hoffie case yeah, yeah those, those are real are, nice yeah, those are real well they're like 800 I know. bucks for <laughs> I mean, well, it's that art is an artist man you gotta yeah. get paid <laughs> what if you're buying a bohannum maybe but well i could do that but then i just have to charge a thousand dollars more per mm. uke and i thought um you know some guitar makers or some uke makers let's talk about ukes um like jake mcclay use a armitage case emeritage yeah emeritage sorry yeah. um me got talk funniness <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know they're beautiful cases and uh, they're really heavy but they're really sturdy but um they're so heavy Coughing. You're so heavy. Um, <laughs> with your customers, do you think many look at builder? You got to just send us your ukes because we have Emeritage cases to offer, or yeah. they can get it with a <laughs> less well, expensive hard case. It, it's sort of a dilemma that I've thought about. You know, should I charge 
$300 more per uke and then put them in better cases or would as customers prefer to save 300 bucks and just get a perfectly sturdy case? I would say give them the option. Hmm. You know, I mean, you've got all the other options there on your site to choose from. So, I mean, it's easy enough to contact Ameritage and get those, those ship as few as I think six to you at at dealer cost which isn't a lot of discount but it's enough to yeah, I, I mean I, you're basically just wanting to give something to protect mm-hmm. the case but a lot of people don't prefer ameritage i mean for me for travel it's like it's heavy. Like you're carrying a baby it's like uh, feels like it's 20 baby. pounds <laughs> have Sumo you pick, baby have you picked up a a, a guitar case from them they're really <laughs> heavy yeah that's yeah. that's too much <laughs> and the hoffy are uh, I've never actually picked up a hobby case, but yeah, they're carbon, nice. um, carbon fibers is pretty. You know, they're well, they're they're heavier than just like your standard um, carbon fiber. Well, you know, than a lot of carbon fiber cases because there's a lot more padding. Mm. Um, I've never tested a carbon fiber case, but carbon fiber is kind of brittle with a sharp mm. shock. You know, like a, if you drop it, it right. tends to sort of snap. But these plywood ones are kind of splinter but they still retain their overall rigidity unless it's you know contest yeah i mean the main problem i have with a lot of the carbon fiber cases is well not a lot of them but have had before is just the seal not being nice and tight Mm. like if you're going to spend that much money then you know obviously yeah it should be 800 bucks a case should be just perfect but no the hoffies are real nice i mean uh, Calton too. I mean, those are nice cases, but most people don't want to spend that much on the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to use Guardian, but now I use Crossrock, and now I'll be using yours, which is similar to like the ABS stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, um, well, yeah. I mean, we can send you one when we get them, and then you know, make sure that it's fitting good and stuff. That's the main thing with the Guardian for a lot of people. It's it's just a little bit the the uke floats in there a little bit. Mm. Like they they run a little big generally. Did you find that? Yeah, yeah. The the traditional width of the tenor, which is like eight and a half to eight and three quarters. That's big. I mean, that's the case is too big for them. But my lower bout now is about a, I changed my body size as I got to America. My, <laughs> my uke body size, and uh, and so it's about nine and a quarter now. So it fits in a guardian much better but the i like the guardians and others like them i'm not sure if who ones are like this but you can you know the neck insert like the the neck um the cradle there yeah you can unscrew that and then sort of bandsaw it down to the a nice height which i found pretty helpful interesting yeah so i i find i have to do that with every instrument that i put them in so that the full body sits down and it, yeah. it's not um, just floating there with um, it's not like the some back stress two on inches the, of the lower bound and oh right the or with certain ones as you come down on the case it doesn't want to close as well towards yeah. the headstock right yeah yeah there was you know all oh, this case stock people it's, yeah are dozing off maybe. <laughs> yeah anyway but it's a serious it's, issue yeah it's a I, I actually think it's a benefit but um you know to be able to do that but oh yeah yeah, yeah. some i read on some amazon I'm glad you mentioned that actually. some amazon people they kind of go well i had to do this and i guess if you don't have a screwdriver and the means <laughs> right. to chop 
a little bit of styrofoam down, it could yeah. be a difficult operation. I mean, it's nice to get it but if right, you're right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're MacGyver, it's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah most cases. of our customers aren't. <laughs> well, they refuse to be. They don't want to try. Yeah. I mean, if when when people pay money, they kind of like, I want it already done. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do more work. That was, that's what you're for, you know. Fair it's enough. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, um, but like Bo, he's doing it before it gets to the customer. So yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> he's the MacGyver. <laughs> I've, I used to have a mullet. Yeah. I used to have hair should, down to my. Bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to bring back the DeVito, Danny DeVito um, ponytail? little ponytail, like yeah. the one-inch ponytail. Yeah, that, that would be hot. I, I hot. think that would be hot. Most Actually, most Filipino folks do that here. I don't say most. <laughs> you just go to Waipahu. Offended half go of the Filipinos Waipahu. that don't have I it. challenge you to go to Waipahu and take a drive. Uh, <laughs> you might be a little dated on that. The rat, yet. the rat tail is still strong. Have a beach. Yeah, it's still strong. <laughs> the DeVito is coming back. Maybe my next... Pretty gangster. Engraft will be, you know, rat tail inspired. Mm. Just a little inlay Instead of, of the DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what my latest engraft is for you? Did no. Did you see it? It's, I, you know when you glue a top onto sides and then you route it off or chisel it off and you get these fern like shape it's probably not yeah. very explanatory mm-hmm. but um i did that with your cedar top and i realized that this beautiful little fern like shape was sitting on my bench and i went you know i'm just going to inlay that and uh i think it looked really the, good like, squiggle of the of the shavings yeah shavings? yeah oh. so the engraft is this cedar shaving which is like it's like no one will know what i'm talking about (laughs) did you guys hear that (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can see it right (laughs) it's on facebook have a look um yeah but yeah i think it looks looks really nice i got really good um, comments on facebook which you know have you seen that to be a a big uh part of of your growth or um, yeah it's bringing you quite a bit of business yeah it's got I would the goofier, it. the more successful. <laughs> well, it's it's can be bittersweet because I, you know, I I can slave all day on a little inlay or um, some tricky mitering or something, and then take a photo when it gets you know a few comments and likes and stuff, and then I'll put a picture of my pork chop, my cat up, doing something cat-like, and it goes through the roof. Um, yeah. It's, well, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, that, that's the nature of, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, but it's the nature of the public, I think maybe there's something really more clever to people about it, not just being, or, you know, having a concept behind it and, yeah. and cats, you know, it's like, Hey, who doesn't <laughs> like a fat cat? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, mostly if I put a, a pretty picture up, it it gets good comments and and I get some feedback from it. Well, two years waiting, it's like, you must be busy. I mean, that's that sounds pretty busy. Yeah, I've got, I don't know. I mean, that you can attribute that to having one, you know, number of orders and also to me being kind of slowish. You know, 
Um, are you going to, are you, I mean, are you working towards that as far as efficiency? I mean, I know like last year you were kind of setting up the new shop and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you hit your stride and do you have like goals to be able to put out more? Yeah, definitely. I, uh, after I get back from this trip, I'm going to renovate my garage. And, uh, so that'll be, um, the first thing. And then I'm going to have a, a much nicer and bigger space. So hopefully my workflow will be, you know, more flowy. Because at the moment it's kind of, I've got to do something and then move the whole rigmarole around. Mm. It's, um, it's a bit kind of, I don't know, a bit like doing hurdles sometimes, working in a small space. Coming from Jalay Guitars, it was like a, it was like, you know, downstairs, it was a massive factory and just everything was laid out. It was great. But that's, looking at 30 years of um of having that space and yeah. just working it out so the whole time i was growing up my dad always built art where we would build it together where you know the times that we moved first thing we would do is build a new shop behind the house you know <laughs> and um i don't know it's it's different nowadays there's all kinds of zoning laws and yeah you know, yeah even building a structure now is like <laughs> Kind of wait for all kinds of permits and yeah. all that jazz. Yeah, I've looked into. We just bought this house we we're in, and um, the other option was to buy another place and then build a, some sort of structure as a workshop. But uh, luckily, we didn't have to do that. We just I've got the double garage now. But the the finishing might be, I don't know what I'm going to do there, and um, but I want to get my wait list downs primarily so two reasons one so people don't have to wait as long and two they don't have as long to change their minds because oh god giving back uh (laughs) giving back um anything other than deposit is you know painful very painful i've done that once and um or i I thought you were speaking more to the you know after you go through this whole uh, string of emails to decide the woods then they're like well what do you think about this wood and mm. it's like yeah i don't the mind. longer it's open and it's <coughs> oh, not in build the more they you know that too yeah i i don't mind um it doesn't matter to me <coughs> if somebody changes their mind in regard to top wood or something it, up to the day that i right you know am doing the the rosette or something um but it's, um, you know, sometimes... It's hard, though, sometimes to explain all the, you know, differences between woods to people. Yeah. Which is why if you send us, you know, like you were saying... Yeah. Send us, like, a, a few with different wood combos yeah, at the same time. We can do back-to-back videos yeah. with a couple different players. Yeah, that's... And then you just send them a link to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the plan. I'm here to make this your year. life easier. <laughs> this year, Andrew and I were talking about just emailing, and the dr- the dream at the moment for me is to send HMS, I don't know, as many Brazilian rosewood ukes as I can with different top woods. So you know, moon spruce, sick spruce, Engelman, cedar. Well, as they sinker, come up, you know, redwood. We'll be thankful for whatever comes our way. Yeah, well, you're, um, you're sort of locked in each batch now. So great because that was awesome. the problem. I think we we kind of met each other as I was transitioning to um, Colorado, and then I had a 
it was difficult to fulfill orders and stuff. People waited a long time. I'm just finishing up my orders from 2014, which were the ones that I received when I was still in Australia. We're uh-huh. just leaving for the second time. All um, right. So, yeah, I'll forgive you for you'll be <laughs> getting like <laughs> two ukes after ordering eight. Yeah, you'll be getting those last nah, know, six cool. uh, next year probably. Okay. But you'll be getting one in about two months. Right on. Well, with, I can't wait. With the seat You know, we drop. think uh, of your instruments as some of the best on the market. And I think we've, you know, been clear about that when we shared them when they did come along. So Your videos are great. As a, you know, just wanted to say thank you for having such an amazing, uh, I guess, do you film it up here? Yeah, a lot of them, yeah. Yeah, they, your multimedia kind of... Sorry Stuff to disappoint you. I know incredible. when you walked in, you you said, "Oh, I thought you guys were lounging on couches while you did the podcast." <laughs> I, yeah, I we're in chairs. It's very boring. <laughs> Take a photo of it. You could, yeah. you know, you could Facebook Live this. Well, yeah, and I've I've uh, I've been talking the last three or four podcasts about just turning some cameras on us. It would be an easy edit, extreme close up. Oh yeah, no, nah, maybe not. Just like your beard oh no one knows i'd have to <laughs> get those fancy is, filters you and jacob been fooling nice. around with lately <laughs> everyone Make have a different camera oh. you'll just be the mouth i'll just be the eyes <laughs> and then the guests will just be like the hand oh. motions now that wouldn't be easy <laughs> we won't do that we'll just have a camera on each face yeah even better and you know they can either just listen to the podcast or they can look at our ugly mugs <laughs> depends um, how big your bandwidth is <laughs> yeah <laughs> keep it at 360 <laughs> um so yeah anything else you wanted to add in there zach anything about i guess it? uh if if um customers ask me i guess well, what what would you want to uh let your potential customers to, to know or um I, you know because people are always always asking about custom ukuleles and thoughts but um, just to share a little bit more with them from meeting you. I mean, w- what should I take f- from you know meeting you to to tell um, potential customers? I guess. Um, hmm. Or just uh, uh, your ukes in general. I mean, because most my of rugged handsomeness. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Say my rugged handsomeness. Oh yeah, he is handsome. But um, look me in the eyes when you say that, Andrew. I was, uh, little, <laughs> I little, bit of, little bit of Jason Statham. Was, little, you know. I'm too homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the beauty of working with a luthier is, you know, you can really get anything, oh. especially a full custom luthier, which is what I would think I am. Some luthiers are kind of locked in with... Um, Not doing because yeah. I don't do that. Yeah, they just say... I don't know, I've heard some stories. You mean the ones that aren't two years back ordered? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, that's the thing. I don't understand... Maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot. I don't know. But I know some really good, incredible luthiers that don't have a wait list, um, which is a terrible, terrible shame. Well, they, do they do, like, whatever you want? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did it? Well, they must have a team or something, right? I mean... No, no, they just... Yes, less know, known. They, they don't have as cute, fat cats as you, and <laughs> they don't get the exposure. If you have a sidekick called Porkchop, it really helps with, um, you know marketing getting your face out there but um you know that 
a lot of talented musicians release an album and it doesn't sell. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, thing. A, a epidemic in the world that should be addressed. What is that? Is that marketing? Um, marketing and luck and... I don't think it's got anything to do with talent because you see a lot of untalented people famous mm. who shouldn't be. Um, not necessarily makers. I don't think there's many makers who are famous who aren't talented. Um, I can't think of any. Um, maybe some bigger companies. Like you were Gibson. just talking some crap about Maiden there. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to cut that out? <laughs> no, we won't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's certain factories that I'm not that fond of, mm. but um, most of the individual luthers, luthiers that get to that l- level of, uh, you know, reputation-wise, but you haven't deserve said, it. You haven't said no to, to like uh, side sound ports or whatever the request is. It's usually something. Yeah, you're gonna be like, I'm gonna. Uh, he's building and... harp uses. Yeah, there's not much that I would say no to. I mean, if I felt uncomfortable with it and thought that i couldn't do it a good job i wouldn't do it like if somebody came to me and said baritone body with a soprano neck no, but, <laughs> but you do understand that's like part of why like it's it's hard to like stay i mean maybe it's it's not a bad thing being a couple years back ordered you know yeah but well, i mean it's, it's, it's also a, hard to like get nice your production level up <laughs> when you're having to figure out a lot of things all the time well, yeah know? i mean like what people want from us from you is your standard tenor that has the sound that you build at, you know, and it's going to look good because mm. you use beautiful woods and, you know, you do a nice job. Mm. But, um, I mean, being the luthier that does, you know, about anything, you're going to get tied up in those processes. And, you know, maybe the artistic side of you is drawn towards that and that's just what you want to do. And that's, I mean, obviously, you know, you're staying busy and, and that's all good. But mm. I feel like, you know, we would see more of your ukes if uh, you would just start saying no more often. To <laughs> well, yeah, I would I would. Um, I, I've I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a recent, but my latest rosette uh, was for a really lovely guy, Craig Turner, and he wanted a. He just got through oh, cancer. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, and I wanted to do something special for him, and he wanted a, a spiral rosette, but it took me. And I was keen on the idea, but then I figured out I didn't really know how to do it. And so it took me about two days to figure out how to do it and make the templates and do a good job. But the, the rosette turned out incredible, I reckon. And the fingerboard, I kind of came up with this thing that sort of talks to the rosette in regard to shape and design. But, you know, that put me back probably a week all up. And like you said... The, the creative process and coming up with yeah. new ideas is really time consuming. No, I mean, you're going to grow doing those sort of things. It's just, you know, the old adage, artists starving or whatever. It's <laughs> kind of the way it goes as as you get more and more creative. Um, mm, hopefully it's harder to like continue uh, to be creative. Well, yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah. You know, that's my my want is to be able to come up with new stuff. A lot of my in, uh, inlays and engrafts and fancy little bits I just sort of come up with on the spot. I don't think about it too much. And then, you know, it's because I went to art school, I can kind of conjure up some some goodies. Which Yeah, you've done some really cool stuff um, in the last year. Mm, 
Yeah, since I, I'm definitely doing my best stuff since being in America. Ah. Maybe because I got married to Laurie, who's sitting right here. Yes. <laughs> That's definitely um, the reason. Yeah. Laurie is awesome, too. When I was talking to her at the Uke Fest, I could just tell you got a good one. <laughs> yeah, she just seems very supportive and uh she puts that's up what an artist needs australianness yeah she's uh she's a she's a great guy uh, quite a lady what does that mean putting up with the uh, australianness uh, yeah I, you're, you're really <laughs> mellow compared to you know the well, what does that even mean yeah laurie what, what does that mean oh where do you begin <laughs> All I, all I could think about was like more Jim Jeffries like. <laughs> <laughs> that's your idea well, of yeah, Australian. Be, yeah, as far as talk, as far as the uh, there's know, a few that aren't demeanor, that crass, yeah. though, I'm sure. <laughs> What's the combo to the gun safe? <laughs> your mother's birthday. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah. Hold uh, on, F face. <laughs> F face. Let me go get the. Uh, yeah, I don't want to see. It doesn't work. Uh. It doesn't work. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. the commitment's not. Good. Yeah, the I've I've. Well, my parents and Laurie have said that I've mellowed since I've moved here and got married and stuff, and you know I've had to curb my mellowed on the by the Texan. Oh, uh, just on the on the swearing, I suppose, <laughs> <laughs> and you know acting like an adult slightly more because of a ten and or eleven and twelve year old. Yeah, I had to do that too because then, you know, if you start doing that, they they go to school and they use those words and then next thing you know, they're in trouble. And, yeah. You know. What's and the word that I throw you kids? Numbnut. I, I thought numbnut was a good numbnut? light yeah, word to numbnut. sort of yeah, express but If you, if you say it with conviction, it could, it could be totally numbnut. Numbnut. Yeah. <laughs> numbnut. yeah. Crikey, numbnut. Yeah, with the Australian accent, it almost sounds like a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> Everything with an Australian accent. Do you guys think Crikey sweet. now? Just because? No, never. It's, it's too funny when he says it. <laughs> <laughs> leave it, leave it to him. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll uh, maybe cut there. We really appreciate you taking the time to come up. And, My you brother. know, it's good to get to know you a little better. Yeah, thanks for getting to know me better <laughs> yeah it's well been, been a cracking um, good time we'll follow up more on Bo when we get more of his ukes you guys are gonna see more videos more reviews more woods pretty sexy stuff and uh sounds amazing so stay tuned for that and thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week with the google review podcast aloha aloha crikey <laughs> cool man thanks